So, um, what are your favorite <laughs> notepad sounds? I don't know, like touching flower, is it moving? Like, no, nah, feel free locked up. Sounds like you're fucked, dude. Oh boy! The wop wop wop, you fucking blew it! That's idling. Whoa, 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 what's up, guys? Welcome to. Moped Monday podcast. A day late and a dollar short. That's that's what's up. <laughs> Dude, yesterday just didn't work out. And here it is, Moped Monday. And I'm exhausted. Like, super beat, dude. Freaking, I don't know, 12 and a half hour workday. Zero breaks. Like, brutal. Like, I'm in the heat. Sun, hot warehouse dude i'm i'm so i'm so out of it right now but we're here we're live we're doing the thing in the studio once again moped monday podcast if you guys don't know this is a podcast where we kind of talk about mopeds and what's happening in the scene in our community right now and kind of sharing the tales of others and you know announcing information and you know sharing our love for the weird two-wheeled vehicles that we all love weird week um i got i got I got our guest on the phone already. Tommy, what's up, bro? Hey, what's going on, Jason? Cool, man. Um, real quick, uh, you got any? You got any derbies? You got any? You got any? Uh, any any variated bikes in your in your in your hoard in your stash? I wish I had a derby. That's what everybody wants, right? Um, I do have a variated bike, and it's the uh, it's the 50B Moby. Okay, okay, dude. I had the craziest like moped like outing this weekend like so i'm chilling i went to work i got home and everything's going good i'm just at the house relaxing and i get this call like or like text or whatever from like one of the people i work with and they're like hey the alarm is going off at the shop and i'm like i live the closest to the shop so i'm like all right cool like no big deal like i'll hop on my moped and i'll rip over and check it out and and I totally had forgotten that, like, I went, like, on a ride this week with uh, with my buddy Thomas, old, you know, from the podcast, Thomas Little Chisholm, you know, uh, Rebel Rousers. Me, Thomas, and our buddy uh, Matty Bo went for a ride the other day. Like, we did, like, a ride. We went out. We got it in. Moped Monday last week. And it was, right, like, right. It was, it was cool, you know. It was just the three of us. We, like, we tried to, like, talk to some other people and they're going to ride and they, they were blowing it. So we went out and did our own little thing, and it was a fun ride, a fun rip. And we went around, we got it in, and I ran in a gas right beside a gas station. I was like, oh, perfect. And we hit the gas station, and I, like, fill my tank up, and, and I'm like, cool, let's get out of here. And I go to start my bike, and I'm on the derby, and my belt had, like, stretched out during the ride. And I could not get the bike started. And I was like, fuck. All right, cool. Like, what can I do? We're trying all sorts of tricks in the parking lot. I'm like, oh, let me take my belt off and, like, you know, see if I can, like, I don't know, like, wedge some shit in the variator or something and, like, get it going. And, right, right. And I freaking, like, the weights, like, the weights that are in that variator aren't, like, the perfect width. So they're a little loose. And, and the, and one of the weights flipped over, like, on its side or something and got stuck. And I couldn't, I could not get the variator like open back up, so I couldn't get my belt back on. So I was like, "Yo, nothing's worse than getting stranded on a bike that runs. Like, <laughs> like the bike runs right now. Like it'll start, it would run, but 
I fucked up and now I get the belt all messed up and the barrier's all stuck and I can't get the belt back on. So like Thomas has to give me like the hand, Thomas has to give me the hand of God, like in the city, like you're like, you know, public streets with all these people around you getting pushed. Like one thing, like getting like, you know, you're at a rally, at, like out of town somewhere, like you've never been like, yeah, oh, you're, ca- you're catching a hand of God. You're, you know, you broke down, your buddy's getting you back. You're like, yeah, whatever. No one here knows me, but like you're in your own town, your own city and you're catching the hand of God, like miles back to the garage. I felt like, I felt like really bummed out. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing, but there's only I'm the one pushing other people who break down. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. So he got me back to the garage and we got the bike straight. We fixed it or whatever. And like, and then that weekend came over and came around and like, I got the call about the, about the, the shop alarm or whatever at work. And I was like, Oh cool. Let me just hop on my derby real quick and like run down the street and check it out. So I run the shop and I check it out and I like, I, I rode like two miles or something, got to work, checked it out. Everything's good to go. And I come back outside and like, and I'm like, Oh cool. Let's get out of here. And I forgot about the whole like belt stretching thing on my derby. And I was like, I went outside and I couldn't start the bike again. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I blew it. And I'm like trying to figure out like how to start the bike. And I made a post like on the lovers of a derby like forum, like on Facebook. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. that Yeah. I was just like, dude, I just like, I just want to see like what other people have done in that situation. Like not, 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 not a lot of people chimed in. So I'm like, ah, dude, whatever. So I'm like, dude, like what, what I know? Cause I know I'm on a French bike easy cool like you got an er3 or something you get a little piece of cardboard you fold it up a cigarette butt you put it in the variator bam now your belt's tight start your bike easy like so i'm like dude what can i do to get this bike started so like i'm trying all sorts of shit dude there's like just like random trash on the sidewalk i'm like trying water bottles i'm like wrapping stuff on the around the belt like i'm trying to like wedge stuff in there like i had like a right right i feel like we've all been there yeah like exactly. i'm trying i'm trying all this shit bro and i'm like i'm like dude i took like i had like you know a spark plug box like from like a old from a new plug like an, under my seat i pulled that out tried to like wedge it into the variator to get it to like you know squeeze tighter and none of this shit's working yeah. dude i tried putting dirt like on the you know on the belt like oh this maybe just needs a little grit or something you know it's just slipping like, a little little dirt or something might help dude everything i tried all this shit for like 20 30 minutes i'm like Ugh. like I'm not trying to quit. I'm not trying to like call for a ride home right now. Like I'm not trying to lock it up and walk or Uber or something. I'm just like, I'm like, how do how do I figure this out? And I was just like, like I don't know why I thought about it, but I was just like, man, like I know like when you get like your stock derby or like a stock Hobbit or something, you know, varied bikes, like they come with like a lot of them come with decomps. You know, your your head's got a decomp, and like right, right. we're all like super on our bikes up, and the first thing we do is like, uh, like got to get rid of the decomp. We got to get rid of the decomp. Decomps are really great. They make the bike turn over with no effort. You know, you don't need shit, and the bike will just turn over because there's no compression. And I'm like, maybe that's what I need because, like, I got this head that has no decomp, and I'm like, all right, cool. I think I got an idea. I had a spark plug tool, so I unscrew my spark plug pretty much all the way, like almost all the way out. Like, it was so loose, you could feel it just kind of jiggling around. And I pushed the bike, and it had, like, zero compression, and it started. And I was like, yes. And the bike started and like I held the boot like on the plug while I like started turning the spark plug game with my fingertips. And like it shocked the shit out of me. Like, and I was like, ah, oh. and then I fucking screwed it in some more and I got it in like just enough. I couldn't get it tight, but I was like, all right, it's in here, it's running. I only got a model go and I and I like made it like all the way to like the block I live on. Like I was one block from my house and the, and the plug fell out. <laughs> Right, 
Like it was. I think insane. I've done something very similar to that. On uh, I've I've had uh, dozens and dozens of breakdowns like that, and uh, you get the most amazing feeling of pulling in after something like that once you get home or you oh, shop dude. or whatever. Felt super yeah. accomplished, bro. Like. <laughs> there's like something to be said about like the the roadside repair or like that like one like freak fix you did to like make it back to the house or get back to wherever you were going i know i know exactly what you mean dude i was buzz dude for real, i was buzzing i had like a high for like on it for like two days i was like telling all my buddies about it, like you guys will never believe how i got home last night <laughs> right right oh man but yeah that's that's mopeds to me dude like i feel like whenever you're just like trying new things, learning new things or like trying to figure shit out or just like make something work. Like that's like mopeds to me. It's like always like, it's not about like having the right tool or having the perfect thing and knowing exactly how to do things. Sometimes it's about like not having that and like trying to just like figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So why don't you uh, tell everyone where you're from and uh, what your, what your name is and everything. Well, my name is Tommy Keys, in case uh, all of you didn't know. Um, I'm from Melbourne, Florida, um, about an hour east of Orlando in the central part of the state on the East Coast. And um, we don't really have a, a moped scene here in Florida. Uh, it's, it's dissolved, and uh, we've had rallies here in the past, and it's, it's been a while. Yeah. So once I got, into, I got into mopeds about five or six years ago. I'm 18 now. Okay. And you got uh, in young, bro. You got into mopeds young. Yeah, when I was like twelve or thirteen, I think something that's like that. crazy. That's tight. Like, and how'd you, uh, how'd you get your first bike? So it started with my dad. Um, I'm into antiques and vintage stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, hence one of the reasons I love mopeds. Um, and I was scrolling Craigslist for looking for um, an antique bicycle, and uh, my dad said, "Hey, scroll up." And uh, I was scrolling Craigslist, and uh, sure enough, there is a AMF. Um, Minarelli V1 moped. The Roadmaster? Yeah, the Roadmaster. Yeah. And it's, it's the Minarelli one. It's the, it's the better one. And uh, my dad said, that looks cool. And I'm like, uh, yeah, Dad, sure. And I kept <laughs> scrolling. I, I could care less at this point, which is always bothers me to say, but it's true. So I didn't I didn't really care, and my dad was excited about it. He had ridden a moped in, um, in the late 70s, early 80s, and at a camp with family, mm-hmm. somebody in the family had one, and it wasn't his, but he he loved that feeling, and he remembered that. So um, he got the impulse to buy it, and he went out and bought it. It was in Orlando, an hour drive from us, and uh, yeah, he loved it. And uh, I I thought it was stupid, to be honest. I thought, what the heck is this little <laughs> weird thing he bought? And uh, he pulled it out front. He said, Tommy, why don't you take a ride? And uh, I said, No, no. That I I insist to take a ride. And, I hopped on the bike and I took a lap. I thought this is well, this isn't so bad. <laughs> and I took another lap around the neighborhood and I thought, well, this is pretty good. And the third time, my dad said, "Okay, Tommy, that's enough. Uh, you've ridden too much." And uh, I was hooked. Yeah. I was hooked. <laughs> You're like, nah, 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 one more, one more, one more lap, one more spin. <laughs> right, right. That was it. And uh, man, you kind of you kind of wiped that smile off my face when I was twelve or thirteen. But my dad loved that uh, V1, and we still have it. That's our first bike. That's in the family, and um, anyway, that's what bike has its own story, which maybe I'll tell you in a minute. But going moving forward, a few months later, my dad came home. He has a big uh, pickup truck with a camper top on it, and he whispered to me after dinner one night, 
hey, Tommy, come here. I want to show you something. So uh, I go outside and he opens the tailgate and there's a golden Pook Maxi in the back. And I have a big smile on my face and I'm, I thought it was a gift for me. I thought it was a surprise gift for me. I was really flattered. And I said, uh, that's really cool, Dad. And he's like, I got it for your sister. <laughs> and I just felt so sick and I felt so mad. And um, it was her birthday the next week. So um, she got that. And and du- during all of this, we have like no knowledge of how to work on these. Right? We're total noobs. Yeah. Um, I posted on Moped Army and the... I love Moped Army, but going into it, you don't know what's going on, the people, way people joke, especially five, six years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, they, it, totally, they totally freaked me out. Definitely I the deep waters. Like, right, right. And um, I was, I was totally lost, and that did not help. But um, what's his name? Uh, Travis. Travis Tutorial. That, that helped me out. And uh, there's a guy on the other side of the state named uh, Dave Fox mm-hmm. from uh, St. Pete. And uh, we, he had an ad on Craigslist, and we, we gave him a call. He's a big moped army guy, and uh, he's, he's pretty darn smart for making mopeds fast and fixing them. And uh, he, uh, he fixed my sisters up, and he told us what we needed for my dad's. Hell yeah. And uh, at, at this point, my sister had gotten the, bike, the golden bike for her birthday, the Maxi, and my birthday was rolling around. And uh, we actually went to Dave Fox's house. And his house is totally filled with mopeds. He's living the moped life full time. And uh, he's a real cool guy. Anyway, um, we bought a silver Maxi from him. And that's mine. That's my main bike. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, moped, there's, there's so many stories I could share. I'm sure you could too. But um, that was my first bike. And it had 400 miles on originally. And uh, it had rusted out on its side in... Um, St. Pete, he got it for a um, good price. Somebody had, like uh, gave him a call. He he fixed him up, like I said. So somebody wanted him to uh, fix it up or buy it from him or whatever. Anyway, it's it's, uh, it's a rat rod. It looks absolutely awful, and it's ironic that it's the best running one of the whole fleet. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that, man. The one you care about the, yep. the least, you don't you you, know, you treat it like shit, and just like it always works. It's just a workhorse. Exactly. I leave it out in the rain all the time. Um, I always have it right by the door if I need to get out and the go run errands. I, I commute mostly with my Maxi, the silver one, yeah, and uh, Fleeny Kit, uh, Stroker Crank. Uh, the list goes on, but it, it'll take me to a low sixties and uh, in pretty good time. Oh yeah, dude. So you guys like? So I love that like- bike. After you got your bike and your your sister and your dad all had mopeds, like do you guys just dive like deep down the rabbit hole after that? Yeah, we're we're about at sixteen now, and I don't think we're trying to get any more. But you know, they keep coming to us. Um, but we, we're mostly poop guys. Yeah, we're mostly into poop. But yeah, we're we're deep in the rabbit hole now. Yeah, dude, I feel like the the Florida scene was always like super like pook stuff like i remember like when we we go down the fur inverness and stuff all the guys in inverness all the old heads all had pooks and they're all because it's just like so flat down there so it's like single speed you can gear them out and like it's not you know an issue you just you don't really have to climb a bunch of hills and do all that stuff right right yeah it's not too bad it's just pretty darn flat you're right you're right it's flat um and i guess moving on from my own story um i went through high school and um I learned a lot about mopeds. I scooped them up in trial and error. I seized plenty of uh, 70cc kits from Treatland. <laughs> and 
I, I didn't I didn't run temp gauges and not just temp gauges. I didn't really tune them right. And uh, I learned my lessons and uh, it's a lot all the of wiser tra- now. There's a lot of trial and error with mopeds, man. You got to like play the game and like lose a couple times before you start figuring stuff out. Right, right. And there's, there's guys on the forum and uh, on the Facebook groups that like tell you, you got to build it this way. Well, if you're tuning, it's really your own satisfaction you get out of it. Some guys might like the torque of a 70cc piston port. Some guys might like the speed of a, I don't know, a 64cc reed valve. So it all depends. It all depends on your own preference, in my opinion. Definitely. There's some guys, one guy let me ride his bike. This is the way to tune it. And personally, I didn't like it. So it's, it's, uh, it's all up to you. Yeah. Like I had one, we had That's one cool. homie who like, he only had promo pipes cause he, cause he just loved that like low end, like takeoff. So like he never run the like, big pipes. He's like, ah, oh, nah, man, that doesn't have torque. You know, it doesn't have the low end. Like, you know, some people like, like that. Some people like, you know, the other way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, Moving moving on with my um, my own story, um, I thought, why isn't there any rides local? And um, I, I wasn't seeing anything. Uh, the infamous uh, Steve Tate from Tampa hosted a rally, which I wasn't able to go to. But uh, I I contacted him, and he wasn't going to do another rally, or so I so I remember him saying that was a lot of work. And I really 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 wish there was a rally in Florida. So um, instead of begging other people to do it, I figured I'd do it myself. Hell yeah! And and uh, before I did that, I really wanted to see who's in the state that still rides. So um, I put together on Facebook a little cruise, and um, we had a couple guys. I've done the cruise twice. You might have seen that we did it a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So we did it about a, about a year ago. We had a little cruise, and we had a couple guys. It wasn't too inspiring, but the guys are really cool. Um. And then we did it again six months, six or eight months later, which was two weeks ago. And um, if you look on Moped Army, if any of you guys look on Moped Army right now, I might see it near the top. But um, we had about 12 bikes, 12 or 13 bikes, and one more rider. Uh, one of the, one guy actually rode doubles on a maxi. Nice. I was really impressed by that. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was a great time. Um, this is this is the same area we're going to host the rally at. I'm going to host the rally at. Um, and do the people so come the from like your area, up. or do they do they come from like you know different different spots in Florida? Yeah, it was all Florida guys. Uh, we had a couple from Jacksonville, a couple from Key West, which is at the tip of each tip of the state, and uh, one guy from Tallahassee, um, Miami. That's cool. Uh, Atlanta, Miami. Got people yeah. come from other places though, like because Florida's so big on its own, man. Like you're. Your state's really spread out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was really crazy to see. I know you guys. You have um, you have some gangs and uh, moped army clubs in the cities and stuff. But in Florida, there's like it's, it's the wild west of mopeds. There's there's really no groups out here. Yeah, um, there was uh, past, the but... dirty, I don't know if the dirty petcocks are still really doing a lot. Like they were down in uh, Sarasota, Florida, and like. Yeah, I know Otto. Otto, he's a cool guy. He was a leader. Um, I actually got, I have an LTD I got from um, one of their members, Tim, but uh, I don't think they're meeting anymore. If they were, nobody's told me. Um, Maybe Otto will let me know if he hears this. (laughs) I don't know. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're active anymore, unfortunately. I really wish they were. Yeah, I mean, like, 
there used to, God, there used to be like a, I think there was like a Orlando had like a, had a group of people too back in the day. Like, I'm not sure if they're still active or, you know, who's, who's down there. Florida, I don't know. Florida was so weird. Cause it was like, they were so spread out. Everyone's doing their own thing. And then like this whole drag scene down there is like, those guys are like right. at a left field. Like I didn't even, didn't even know none of any of that was going on down there. Like, Oh, you know, right. Tyrone and all those guys who I've met, I went down and saw them once actually. Oh, um, sick. I know you, you had Craig Scott on, on the podcast recently. I was listening yeah. to, and, um, I actually, I was there when he, he raced with them and, uh, that was my first experience with them. My only experience in person. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, those are some cool guys. Uh, totally in a different moped world. Oh, They're not sure. guys who can commute mopeds and have our crazy breakdowns that you and me can relate to. They're guys who um, use drills to start them and uh, put big money down. And uh, I love it. You know, it's, it's all mopeds and it's all fun, but it's a totally different uh, way to enjoy them. Yeah. Definitely a weird, definitely yeah. weird scene that way down there, dude, doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I used to judge him. Uh, I told Tyrone this. I used to judge him. I think these guys are crazy. These guys are. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go take a look for myself. And everybody's like family. They yeah. they talk a lot of smack on Facebook, and everybody knows this. They talk a lot of smack. You have but to. But you go down and you, you can't like yeah. be like drag racing and not talk shit, dude. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta bring it. Exactly. Yeah. And you think they're all hardcore, you know, uh, throwing fists. But um, you go in person, it's all a great time. They're all having a lot of fun. Everybody's happy. It's, it's real cool. Sick. So, so back to the rally. Um, I've been making a bunch of calls. Um, I think I already announced this. Yeah, I announced this on. Whoops, I just pulled it up. Um, but Treatland sponsored us. They put some money down. Um, Dose Cycles, uh, Moped Division, uh, Denny Cycles. I'm missing a few. Oh, yeah, Moped Seat Dude. Um, donating man. a seat. Yep. And uh, can't tell you guys everything else, but there's a bunch more guys who have uh, contributed recently. So um, the current price is we have $1,200 in prizes and um, working on a raffle bike right now. And uh, I'll announce that in the coming months. Um, the big thing, I guess. Give my dad's very tell. first moped. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. Um, the big thing I know people have been asking me about, I've been getting a lot of um, attention, is, is um, registration. Um, it's kind of been a little difficult for me. It's my first time. Um, I'm working on it. Should have it in a couple weeks, uh, fingers crossed. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good time. Uh, we live right on the coast. Um, we're inland, and we have, like, a barrier island. So there's a river, the barrier island, which is, like, a mile wide and then we have the actual ocean so we can go there's causeways and bridges that go across so we can make like a square that's basically the rally plan i haven't announced this yet um but anybody knows the melbourne florida area knows you can go from bridge you can ride all along the coast along the military bases it looks amazing seeing the ocean and the beaches right beside you and then you can cross the bridge come back go alongside the river or the highway whichever you prefer and then come back. And at the corner of all that inland is um, Wickham Park, the county's biggest um, park. And uh, it's a huge, amazing complex, um, tennis, food courts, um, whatever you like to do. There's amenities, bathrooms, everything. It should be a very comfortable 
uh, campsite for uh, all you guys coming down in this February 2023. Um, I rented the entire place uh, camping-wise. It's open to the public, but in the evenings, it's all ours, 100%. And uh, I hope everybody has a good time. Hoping for some good uh, turnout. Sick. So you're throwing, like, the first Florida rally that we've had since... 2019 since the beginning of the pandemic i guess because i don't yeah because like that's i think that's when tampa steve's rally was the tampa rally was like 2019 it was like right before the pandemic hit and then it's been a couple of years and now you're throwing a florida rally i'm ch- i pulled it up right now it's called uh space coast brat brat fest yeah yeah it's just brat fest yep that's it hell yeah dude like Central Florida, man. It's like it's so weird to go down there too. It's like you hit Florida and it's like, all right, guys, it's eight more hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fun. I, I like the state. I've lived here um, my whole life, and uh, you know the moped scene's pretty neat. It's there's people all across the state. Like when when I had my cruise a couple weeks ago, and uh, all across the state, it's not like we're clustered anywhere. So. I mean, with the exception of the Dirty Petcocks a couple of years ago, nobody is, like, together. We're all on different parts of the state. Yeah. And um, I'm really hoping we can kickstart this. I hope the rally and the cruises I've been doing will kickstart a, a Florida moped scene. Um, if anybody's hearing this in Florida who wants to uh, start cruising and doing stuff and uh, communicating with me, uh, Florida Moped Riders on Facebook is a good way to get to me. Uh, moped Army and uh, Instagram. Uh, Tommy Keys, and it shouldn't be too hard to find. I hope. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we need, we need to start networking here in Florida. We don't have much people. Have, but, you, uh, have you been finding like anyone else to like uh, ride in like your area? Um. That yeah, there was that one guy. I put the put the cruise on Facebook, and uh, just like a week or two before, I had a guy come to me named Dylan, and he's from uh, he's from my county, about thirty minutes away, and. Uh, yeah, he, I got one guy, one or two guys in the in the county. That's it, and um, it's hard to get us all together. It it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the dude that rode doubles. Him and his wife. Oh, nice. And uh, very impressed they rode doubles. The guy got into mopeds a year ago, and he saw somebody on um, one of the European moped forms. I think he said, um, actually, plug a stock cylinder, port it out. Um, and then put a reed valve in the case using uh, JB Weld. Oh, crazy. and he he told, he told me this, and I think that's kind of silly. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. I'm, I'm a very judgmental person. I'll just, I'll just say that right now. <laughs> um, so he said that I'm like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's he's trying to make it fast, pennies and nickels. But I saw this, and this is the fastest poop guy I've ever seen. Um, he was he was doing crazy speeds that I won't even say because people are going to dispute it. And that say it's not true, but he was running doubles and and he was keeping up at fifty when we opened it up easily, oh, easily. Yeah. So he's a cool guy. So we got we got one cool guy. We got a few guys in the county who are stalkers, um, run stock pooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's about it. And they're hard to get to ride with me. Um, Does your dad and your sister still ride? Or you got they, are they still into it? Oh yeah, they're into it. Um, they don't ride too much. Um, might be my fault i'm the moped mechanic so uh gotta, gotta blame myself here but uh yeah they ride every now and then 
Oh yeah, that's kind of always the trick, dude. Trying to figure out how to get like more people into mopeds in your in your area. Like we've been trying to figure this out for a long time, and like it it's a really hard task because we're like in a city and we're in a kind of college area, so it kind of comes and comes and goes. Like we, it'll grow, you know, some college kids will come and they'll kind of want something to get around town. So you'll get a couple people into them and then they might stick around. They might not. So it's always like interesting to me. I see like how other areas are trying to get people to grow, especially if you're not starting with like a group or like, you know, cool, we're going to form a club and you already have like three or four friends that are in it. And, you know, you guys are riding regularly and then you're just like kind of bringing in more people as you go. Right, right. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, man. Um, yeah, I live here. Actually, I live in uh, Vera, Florida, and um, there's no mopeds here in Vera, Florida that I know of, with the exception of my 15. And um, <laughs> 15. I, I daily, I daily it, and um, I, I know you guys probably all know this, but you get comments all the time. You get people saying, "What's that?" And uh, hopefully, we can get more people on the scene just by being active. That's one thing. Yeah, that's the. Um, I, I had one guy. Um, I was I came to a light, and uh, this is my silver poop, which does about fifty five, fifty six, and I I gunned it, and I was racing to the light, and I hit the light, and he rolled down his window like really aggressively, and at least it seemed aggressive to me, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, he's like yelling at me, and I have my my helmet on, I can't hear anything with my helmet on. And I, I like loosen my helmet and I pull it aside so I can hear him. He's like, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I haven't seen one of those since 1981. <laughs> and, uh, you gotta love that it happens every now and then it's, it's, uh, it's quite fun. Yeah. You gotta, but, uh, you gotta pull that, uh, zeros move. You gotta have like the business cards on you and be like, and you pass them out. Just like, yeah, dude, here, this is where we meet up. Come ride. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Get a moped. Now, one thing about the Florida moped scene, which might you might find interesting, is a lot of guys who have mopeds have Volkswagens, uh, older Volkswagens, particularly um, air-cooled ones. Um, I myself have one. Um, the guy in the county who's into mopeds also has a Volkswagen. Um, I was I started networking with the old the remnants of the Orlando group by going to Volkswagen shows and bringing my mopeds and riding them around. Um, I, I ran into a bunch of those guys like um O'Neill and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and uh Steve Tate himself has a Campus Steve as everybody calls him has a couple of Volkswagens and uh Dave Fox from St. Pete and uh some of the Miami guys even have Volkswagen. So I don't know something about old Volkswagens too. Yeah. Anybody's picked up on that. At least here, at least here in Florida, it's kind of weird that we all like old Volkswagens <laughs> too. You guys all just like the tinker, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we had my cruise, actually, um, three guys, three of the guys who came to my cruise had Volkswagen buses uh, with racks on the back for their mopeds. What? Yeah, I wish I, I wish I took a, a better picture. It might be on Instagram. Um, but yeah, they all had racks on their old Volkswagens, buses, Volkswagen buses. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not like I don't really have a Volkswagen scene going. I don't I don't know where the Volkswagens are at here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's one thing actually for my moped story. I guess I'll share another moped story. Um, getting into mopeds, I didn't know anything. 
I didn't, I was not mechanically minded. And, um, now I consider myself the local expert, which I feel guilty because I know there's guys up North that could put me to shame, but here in, uh, Melbourne, Florida, I'm the king of tuning. How right. Was, so how, how was your learning curve? Was it, was it mostly from like reading or watching videos or just trial and error? Uh, a little bit of all actually. Um, trial and error is the one that hurts the most because, uh, I'm out money and I'm on a shoestring budget being a, a teen. Um, at the time I was younger too, but, um, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. Um, uh, one thing that had me lost was timing, timing. Um, I, I read to do timing and my, my, um, gold maxi, my sister's actually, my gold sister's gold maxi had awful, awful spark. And, um, Everybody said, oh, timing, and I could not figure out E50 timing, which is ironically probably the arguably the easiest one to do. It's not like a Moby where you got to pry off the freaking flywheel to even mess up the points Yeah. Um, with the reverse three, three drive or whatever, break the bar. No, but um, I watched Travis' tutorial like a hundred times, and I finally went for it, and I bought the tools from Treatland, and uh, yeah, and that's pretty much how it all went. I was real um gingerly with the way i handled uh, repair because i was never confident that i'd get stuff back together um it maybe took me about two years before i really started wrenching about um being concerned like between ages of 12 to 14 before i really had some serious confidence that yeah. i could fix stuff well it's also you were and really I think super I, young dude so it's like it's one thing that that you even stuck or stuck it out and like you know kept trying yeah, and I, I've come back. I've left, and I've come back to it um, over the years. I've, I've always had a runner, but I've never. I would give up on tuning, and we have a lot of bikes, and uh, so I just hop on whatever one runs. I hate to say if that's true, I just hop on the runner, um, and I would, I would keep chasing the the wiring gremlins or the tuning gremlins until uh, I got them sorted out. And I was, I would learn, and that's I guess that's one good thing that, to be said about having multiple bikes is uh, you don't feel pressured to, to get something running for the weekend or a r rally or a cruise. Um, you can just hop on an air one that runs. Yeah. Sometimes you need that, dude, like to be able to like just jump on a bike and then, like enjoy the riding part. Like wrenching is fun for some people. Some people really enjoy that aspect of mopeds because like, you can get your mind off of like whatever you are you know, you, you have going on in the real world and like, just like focus on this little problem at, you know, that you can accomplish and be like, cool, I fixed that and feel better about it. And, but sometimes you have the pressure and the, of the headache when you're struggling with, you know, bikes and builds and problems and you just want to hop on something and just go for a ride and not have to think about it. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. My father, he, uh, he really is the backbone of the moped thing, uh, or moped, uh, what do you call it, addiction. <laughs> and he's the one who started it in the family, and I kind of took it and ran with it. He's an and I'm, 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 an I'm the guy who fixes the moped. Yes, he's the enabler of our <laughs> moped addiction. Exactly, yes. Um, but he, he doesn't wrench with me. I wish I could get him to wrench with me. Um, I, I can tell he wants to help me, but it seems we can't find the time. But... Um, he, he, uh, we make some deals and bargains and I don't know if I do yard work or something or if I get his souped up well, 
feel paid for a little bit of mine. We have we make deals like that. Nice. And the, we made deals like that when I was younger, which helps me afford parts um, that your your average teenager couldn't afford, like kits and stuff, yeah. things like that, cranks, basic stuff. And um, yeah, he he played a major role in, in um, keeping this alive for the family. And uh, since I'm his mechanic, he doesn't work on his mopeds. Uh, there's some pressure, like um, he wants to ride, and I'm souping it up and. You know, it's, it's, uh, what do you call it? It's, it's the domino effects when we soup up mopeds, at least for me. Um, when I, when I put a kit on it, uh, I eventually want to take advantage of those RPMs and put a crank on it. And if I do a crank, I want to tune the clutch. And if I want to tune the clutch, I want to do an HPI. And if I want to do an HPI and, you know, I want to do head studs and, you know, the list never ends for yeah, me. I, the, I start upgrading all, all or nothing I, kind of guy. <laughs> right. So that's how I am. Uh, with all my bikes, and that's maybe why we have so many non-runners. I mean, they all run, but uh, do they really run where you can take them around the neighborhood and not fear breaking down? Yeah. Um, it's an air story. But yeah, yeah, my dad really played a major role in, in uh, us getting into mopeds, and I, I took I took a break between the ages of 14 to 16. Uh, I got carried away with other personal stuff, and I came back to it. And in that time, I'm into old Volkswagens, the old Volkswagen Beetles and buses, um, pre 1980 Volkswagens. I had um, I had kind of a breakthrough. I have a '59 Beetle myself. My dad has a '64, and that was what I wanted as a first car. I said I was interested in uh, vintage stuff earlier. Well, I wanted to have an old car, and um, my father helped me do that, which was really cool. I got a '59 Volkswagen. Uh, when I was 13, 12 or 13, I can't remember now. And uh, it's a restoration project, and uh, I'm actually wrapping that up right now. But I had no mechanical knowledge of Volkswagen either. I had, like, no zero mechanical knowledge. Like, to put it um, in perspective, when I, I, I mow the lawn, I have a push mower. I've been doing that for each since I was 12. Mm-hmm. If I was to, at the time when I was 12 and it, it broke down, I would not change the spark plug. I wouldn't do anything. I would just keep yanking that thing for hours. Like yeah. that's how ignorant I was. Um, yeah, but so, so when I kind of got frustrated with mopeds turning 14, starting tuning, uh, I just dropped that, just kind of dropped out of mopeds for a while. And I pursued my Volkswagen interest a little more heavily. Mm-hmm. And Volkswagens and moped, old mopeds, or should I say old moped, old Volkswagens and, or vintage mopeds, beloved vintage mopeds, share so many things mechanically. They share some spark plugs. Um, they share, share the same timing theories, and uh, even combustion ratios. Mm-hmm. All all these all these things they have in common. And um, I just my mind was blown between the ages like fourteen to sixteen, um, working on Volkswagens. Uh, we have a local club here, and I'd see this guy's wrench, and I really learned how to turn wrenches. Um, by hanging out with those guys and being inspired by their work. And I came back to mopeds and I was like a totally different person. I could wrench on everything. I felt totally confident. I understood everything that I think I needed to, how to tear apart engines, how engines really worked. Instead of being, oh man, I don't want to put take the cylinder off. Uh, I don't think I can get it back together. You know, it's it, it like, it totally like, different. From so like, to, to take it apart once or twice and then like it, it gets less intimidating every time you do it. 
Right. Yeah, that, that was it for me. That was exactly it. And uh, with nobody in the family who, uh, or anybody local even who works on mopeds, trying this myself and being a kid too with a limited budget uh, was really scary to rip apart an E50 the first time on the, on my mom's kitchen counter, ironically. It <laughs> um, uh, was really scary for me because I, was, I had no idea if I was going to get this back together. It's vintage, you know, they don't sell E50s brand new, which I guess they actually do sell cases now, but they don't sell like turnkey engines. So I had no idea what I was getting into, like zero idea. And uh, I guess I was just lucky and um, I was able to stick with it and uh, I am where I am now. Um, I, I, I'm afraid that not everybody has been able to get that far. Well, some guys give up at the first tease when somebody asks a question. But um, no, I'm, I'm really glad I stuck with it. This has been uh, an amazing journey. Hell yeah. So have you have you made it to any other like moped events besides the couple of rides you had in that the little Florida race? I, I've had uh, three chances to go to rallies and uh, I've failed each one um, <laughs> within the southeast, and I really regret it. Um, there's one coming up in September. I had it up here. Oh my gosh, where is it? Um, yeah, I was going to go to the Buzzards one this September. Yeah, so that'll like, be that'll be my first rally, and uh, that should be fun. Yeah, Buzzer's gonna hold it down, dude. That's not and that's not super far from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm pretty wimpy. I don't travel, <laughs> so uh, that that should be an adventure. Yeah, you gotta get yeah, out but, there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's that's one of the main reasons we're hosting the rally down here is because uh, it's really nothing. We have the buzzards and we have the swoops and stuff, but that's a little bit of a ways even from us and. Uh, you know, we got to do an Florida rally. And uh, one of the things I love, one of the things that make me so excited to host a rally here is, is the rides are incredible. Very calm, very low traffic. We can get up to speed. We can go slow. It doesn't really matter. Um, very comfortable. Very scenic views. Um, one of the cruises goes alongside a river, which is what we did uh, with my cruise on Facebook a couple weeks ago. It's the Riverside Road. It goes up and down all around. It's it, it, turns and it's a historical road in the county and the, the top speed is 20 miles an hour uh, but you didn't hear that from me uh, um, <laughs> but if you're not paying attention and this has happened before cars will run off the road like you you can't just look down and go straight for like every 10 seconds it winds and it takes sharp bends so cars hate this road but it's amazing for mopeds it's amazingly fun it's like a little race course oh, that's awesome yeah yeah, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I, uh, I think everybody who comes down to the rally in February next year is going to have an amazing time. So, and a ton yeah, of lead-up time, good, too. Yeah. Like, February is way out there, guys. Like, <laughs> And it's going to be cold. I know it's going to be cold, all you guys, like, in the, the Midwest and up north. Like, you're going to be freezing your dick off in Florida I mean, in February. Like, head down to Florida, dude. Warm up. Catch, catch some sun. Yep. I thought I that all through, and... Uh, Hopefully it works out, but I have seen um, I have seen people host rallies in the summer, and uh, I don't want this to be a hot rally. Uh, we're in the t- tail end of the summer here in Florida, and I don't want you guys to be out here uh, boiling. <laughs> so uh, it'll be a nice vacation. It'll be a nice vacation uh, for anybody that wants to come down. Because if, if you didn't know already, it never snows in Florida. Yeah, it's like a better California, and, uh, right? <laughs> 
I'd say so. No offense <laughs> to the California people out there, but uh, I'm, I'm biased, and uh, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me about derbies now. Uh, how many derbies you got? I'm holding two right now. Like, um, I'm, I don't know. I have one that, like, I was kind of thinking about this earlier when you were talking about just, like, upgrading the bikes and stuff. It's like, sometimes, most of the bikes we build or that I've been building, like, I feel like I, I always want to just, just take it apart and do all the things and start from scratch. That way you, uh, you know, your cranks fresh, you know, the seals are fresh. Like every time I get a bike and you know, you upgrading slowly is like fun, but you know, cool. You put a pipe on a bike and you get a little bit out of it. And then every time you do something, you get to see that what that little boost is. But I feel like it's always easier just to start from start from scratch. You just buy the bike and then you get all the parts you need and do it all at once. And then you know yeah. you have a completely fresh built motor with all the things you want on it, ready to go. Right, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, that's that's how I would I would do it is uh you know, one little part at a time, but now now I picked I actually picked, picked up some pintos recently. So the store on those as I was riding and the guy rolled down the window in the middle of traffic. And he told me, he said, hey, got a moped like that. You, just have, you can just have it. And like two weeks later, I came and picked, there's two Pintos. That's it. And I came, I came and picked them up. But yeah, looking at my new projects now, I don't want to upgrade them. Like one little, little part, this little part, little fixed pipe, gear, rack, whatever. I want to totally tear them down and build them right off the bat. Yeah. I feel like that's, you, that's you totally end up chasing, way to do it. That's how you end up like chasing problems too. Like, Working on mopeds is all about like figuring out like what's wrong and like the diagnosing, but but when you're when you don't know like when you start from a fresh motor, you know exactly what's been done, and when you have a old bike that you're just trying to fix up or repair and bring back to life, you have to like take your time to like chase each variable. You're like, all right, is it this? No, is it the seals? No, is it that? No, does the carb suck? Like, so you're chasing the problems, trying to figure it out, and sometimes it's just easier just to just to do it all from the start. Like I've spent weeks, like hours and hours and hours, like fight, like fighting bells, like trying to repair bikes for other people. Like, Oh, let me fix your bike. And like, you're chasing all these problems, trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And like you, like a lot of times you can save, I can rebuild a whole motor faster than like diagnosing some problem that it's a mystery to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly on the same page with you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. I know. I know exactly what you mean. And like, if you think it, like, like when I really think it, think about it, especially when it came to like working on other people's bikes, like I think about it as like a time, time versus money thing. It's like cool, like yeah, I can tell someone I'm gonna charge them like sixty bucks an hour or something to work on their bike, but I'm not gonna really charge them that amount. Like I, I feel, I'd feel bad if I charged them all the hours I spent trying to diagnose and figure out what the problem was to start with, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I'll charge you 60 bucks an hour. Like you got to pay for an hour up front. And like, that's like my diagnosing period. Like, cool. You pay me 60 bucks to try to diagnose the problem. But if it takes you longer than an hour, if it takes you two, three hours to figure out what's actually wrong with the bike, are you going to charge them like, you know, three hours just to, to find out that like their car was trash? Like, no, that sucks. You feel, I feel bad about that. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I don't know. That's weird with mopeds. Cause like you could spend so much time trying to like figure out what's wrong with stuff when like you can tear a motor down. I could take a motor off the bike, completely take it apart, clean it and have it back together in three hours versus like fighting and trying to find out what's wrong with the bike 
you know, for four hours or five hours. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm guilty of not doing that sometimes. I know I've uh, recently, recently, um, I, I was chasing tuning on, um, uh, the a 50 on, uh, I have a white maxi with the a 50 and I was, I was chasing, um, timing issues. And then I actually started having uh, blow by and backfiring through the carburetor. It was getting so serious. It was a stock bike. I was getting so serious that it was, um, blowing flames out the carburetor every couple minutes yeah. and uh you'd hear a big pop and i thought what on earth is going on well i'd actually i forgot i had souped it up to a 70 cc kit and i had timed it really bad uh, it was one of the first bikes i souped up and what happened is i had spun the main bearing on or actually both main bearings on the crank and there's so much vibration and ground up the piston rings and there's there so much so many things are wrong um, with that engine, I ended up put, putting a new ring, new kit, um, all that stuff. And I, I put oversized bearings and poured it out and stuff. And, but if you, if you don't do that, if you keep tuning, if I kept playing with the timing, because the bike still miraculous, miraculously ran, mm-hmm. if I kept tuning that thing, I would have never finished it. It would have yeah. been endless. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. it's good to just count your losses and just tear it down and see where you're at. Yeah, and then like I think about like the like tools like there's still like a lot of times like I still don't I still don't own like a compression tester and like and I've been working on mopeds for over ten years and I'm like Ugh. the times that I've spent messing with the bike where if I would have had a compression tester I could have like figured it out in ten minutes but like oh this bike's got no compression like you know right out the gates like there's some tools that just come in handy with when you when you work on mopeds that like it might take you years of working on bikes before you even like get the right tools you know yeah 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 like a flywheel puller that's one of my favorite tools having on with me i like to carry a bunch of tools with me because uh, i commute on my bikes and uh breakdowns aren't fun and i have to get home see that's uh, my main ride home and uh, i like to bring a flywheel puller and uh because you see guys a lot of guys live without a flywheel puller. They just use a rubber mallet after they pick up the flywheel nut. And uh, you'll get it off. I guess that's fine. So, I've heard that people complain that there's a chance you can bend the crank, and uh, I haven't had that issue. But I prefer not to hammer it if I don't have to, you know. Yeah. Or you have some but, really um, old bike, and that trick just doesn't work. Like, some people don't yeah. know what we're talking about, dude. Like, that's a old, like, moped trick, you know, like – cool you have no tools like you start you you got a, your first moped and you got this your starter toolkit that's like flat heads and, and and phillips heads and and hammers and you're like huh i don't have tools for any anything i need to do on this moped and you're just like pulling on the flywheel and hitting it with a rubber mallet trying to get it to come off and like you have a really old yeah. bike where that flywheel has been on f- for 20 years 30 years like it's not gonna come off with a mallet <laughs> yeah also, one thing I've, I've noticed that seems to hold people up is uh, having the right tools. And not just the right tools, like specialty moped tools like flywheel pullers or whatever it is, bearing pullers, uh, ignition tuning tools, um, whatever you want to uh, call them, piston stops. Um, people don't have a lot of metric tools. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the local guys in the scene were just talking about, yeah, this nut's 7 sixteenths, right? And they're po- pointing at a 14-millimeter nut that... Um, on the on the flywheel and 
you know, so I guess some things will fit. Uh, what was that? I say, yeah, I think that's nine sixteenths. That's really close to fourteen. Mm-hmm. And some things are appropriate that SAE, but uh, I don't know. I think we're going to start finding rounded nuts on uh, the European bikes, especially Kooks and, and and all the stuff that uses metric stuff because we don't have a lot of people that use um, or seem to have metric tools in the toolbox. And I've seen that over and over again. Um, beginners rounding out stuff. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. There's definitely like the 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 bikes you've picked up that are like you know nothing's better than buying a bike that that's never been molested. Like the unmolested moped is like the dream. It's like you get the bike, it, it doesn't run, but no one's tried to fix it ever, and you're like perfect. <laughs> like that's the one I want. Like un untouched. yeah, I'm right there. I'm <laughs> there with you. I, I've got the first bike we got, the AMF um, Roadmaster, the V1. Um, it was running when we got it. We're real happy, but they had totally hacked the wiring. The wiring was totally hacked. And I, the guy said, oh, yeah, it goes faster if, if you eliminate all the lights and uh, you ground everything out, and it was, it was a total mess. Uh. Worsened by, it was a three-wire Minarelli, and for everybody who knows those, those are kind of a pain to ground and get to work. Um, but it was made worse by the fact that AMF had used pretty much proprietary technology, like every single, like the controls, the grips, the throttle, um, everything was unique. AMF had sourced out for their mopeds. And they had wiring harnesses and clips and connectors that were all proprietary. I could not source them. But I reverted, I rewired the entire bike um, a year or two ago. Yeah. And that was awful, awful <laughs> sourcing of stuff. So I pretty much just copied a pook and um, I, I put a little circuit board in there. Uh, as a relay but um which in itself is a crazy story but yeah that was that was painful and uh i i hate playing with molested bikes it's uh you deal with problems that you shouldn't really have or are not fun to have you know yeah yep like that's kind of sometimes you get the best stories out of like you know trying to solve these problems and find or finding what problems are in a bike (laughs) yeah yeah, I've I've had my share of building, and you know I was I was my main reason liking them was riding them, and uh, fixing them was not fun for me when I got into it. So I guess you got to learn to love it if you want to be in, into uh, mopeds. I think that's one thing that also maybe turns people away. Maybe it attracts people too. It's it's fun to work on these things. Uh, it's, it's become fun for me. At first, I was like, I, I hated it. I hated wrenching on these things. I just wish they would run. Yeah. But now it's uh, I look forward to tuning them and seeing what a little adjustment does and all that. And you get it's, there's a lot of satisfaction out of building them. I think we all know that uh, building a performance engine or even a stock engine, you get so much satisfaction out of seeing uh, the work of uh, your own hands pulling you across the street, 20 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour. It's very satisfying. Yeah, very satisfying feeling. to feel that. I definitely like. Uh had that feeling for sure like you know you feel you feel grateful that like you could do it and like it, you know you feel motivated to, to do the next one and then like I've, i'm at that weird point right now where like i'm i'm so like spread thin that i don't have the time that i used to have available to like work on the bikes and and then i get this like weird like overwhelming feeling sometimes where i'm just like ah like i really want to do all these projects and i have like this laundry list of things that i want to do 
and I, and I don't have the time to do them. And you're just trying to like, you know, decide like when you can dedicate, you know, a three hours to go sit in the garage and just like work on something. Right. Yeah. So I know and, that's, like, uh, that's a weird point for, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of us get, get to, especially when you were doing mopeds for a long time or that, or you get to a point where you have like so many bikes, like having 16 mopeds, like you said, you have 16 or something. That's like a, yeah. that's like an overwhelming, like daunting feeling. That's like when you're, you're at that point where it's like, cool, I know how to fix all of these, but they all require time and money. And yeah. And sometimes you don't have the time and sometimes you don't have the money and sometimes you don't have either. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, you, you tell yourself a, a two hour project and you, whatever the case was, maybe it's seized and you're like, okay, I'll, 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 uh, own it and I'll put it back on and take two hours and you pull it apart while your Conrad bushing is shot and you, you want to put a new crank on it. And like I said, you go down the rabbit hole, stooping everything else up. So, uh, it, it never seems to end and I'm not complaining. It's just how it is. Yeah. We all love it. But, uh, yeah, I, I definitely fall into that trap too. Where like, uh, I've I've, they, I've even done it this month. Like, I bought two more mopeds this month, and I was like, Ugh. like I didn't need to buy more mopeds, but they were just falling in my lap for so cheap that like I couldn't avoid the deal. Like, I have an I have an addiction to buying the deal. So you know, when you find a moped for a really good price, and I'm like, uh, I'll take it, even though I know I don't need it or or want it. Like, there's something that I can't stop, and then. I'm stuck with all these bikes and I'm like, man. And then I think about all the bikes that I'm in the middle of working on all at once, which is my other, like, I know I'm a really, I know a lot of us are like this, but I'm a really bad culprit for, you know, starting on a project or starting on one bike or fixing one bike. And then like getting to a stopping point where like, Oh, I need to order parts or something for that. And I go into the next bike. Oh, and then I go to the next bike. Oh, then I go to the next bike. And now you find that you're working on like four or five bikes at once. And it's really like unproductive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know your pain. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I did two like full, like bottom end rebuilds and then like, and then I switch and then I switched to working on a completely different brand of moped. It was like, cool. I did two Hobbit bottom end rebuilds for, for these two bikes. And then I was like, Oh, now I'm going to work on this Tomos. And then a week later I was working on something else and I'm like, I'm not going to get anywhere like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I, I built um, three of three of the poops to go fast, uh, uh, cranks and seventy uh, cc kits, and uh, I, I left. I think one of them had a, a fourteen Bing, and the other two had Shaw's uh, Shaw fifteens, and I all had them going low forties, pretty mild setups. And I built them all, but I didn't tune them. I just I would build them. I hopped to the next one, build it. Hopped to the next one, build it, and. You know, I told myself they were done, but they weren't tuned. So we rode them around like that, and that was that was another learning curve a few years ago for me. Is uh, jetting? Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about jetting, and so I fouled plugs all the time, all the time. And um, I read a little bit about jetting on the forum. I used the, the charts that didn't really help me because if you have the air cleaner on, it's a big uh, variable. Um, your timing could be a variable, arguably. Um, uh, elevation a big one uh, for sure <laughs> like, yep, like who, yep. who who put that thing on the chart were they living up in the mountains somewhere or were they sea level you know yeah yeah exactly so uh, I chased that for a while and uh, yeah but my problem would be jumping from bike to bike and I still is uh, 
just one of those things. Yeah, it's, it's what's easiest to do. Uh, mopeds, I guess, should be fun. It's a hobby. Uh, maybe it's a way of life. I don't know. But for some people, it is. And it should be fun because we're not getting paid to do this as much as I wish we were. Uh, so why, why make it miserable? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. Like mopeds are great and they're fun, but they can also be a big headache if you let them. <laughs> yep. Yep. I feel that. Yeah. Recently, I was riding my um, my my um, my dad has a, a the motor bikini. That's the motor bikini we have, and uh, it's a fifty V, a seventy six fifty V. There's actually a fifty L, which uh, is a non variated version. We had to uh, swap the bracket and, and put a variator on it. And uh, now it's running really good. But I, I was riding it, and it was totally unmolested, totally stock, totally untouched. I bought it from um, a family member who it was like the granddaughter of the original owner or something like that. Uh, kind of cool story. But I was, I was running it around town, testing it out. Uh, I haven't put more than like 30 miles on it since we got it a couple years ago. And I was about, I don't know, four miles out from home, four or five miles out from home. And all of a sudden, I hear a, and uh, I think I revved it. I didn't, I didn't hear any, like I didn't feel any torque, like I didn't feel it moving. Like you could see the engine swinging and mm-hmm. and, and everything going on, but I wasn't getting anywhere. Yeah. So I, I look around, the belt's still on, and I'm still learning varied bikes. And I see the chains broke. And actually, I had a fragment of the chain, and then the, the rest of the chain was in the middle of the road. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I switched it to pedal. It was the drive chain. So I switched it to pedal mode. I cranked that arm over on the little cam. The motor bikinis have like that lever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like on the, on the, um, that big circular, yeah, on the the pulley. So I flipped that lever and I heard a a crunch. Like if you pull it too far, the spring will, will fall off and you'll pry the tab if you're not gentle with it. And that's exactly what I, I had two problems a few weeks ago and being stranded, um, makes it even worse so I, I put it up on the sidewalk and i guess i was like a quarter mile from our local walmart and i actually i walked the motor became to walmart i grabbed the chain remnants and i actually had all the pieces of the chain two pieces but it had to be connected at two points so i took the the chain into walmart and they had an anvil um in the tool section and a vice like a, as a display model, that even though they did that, and I, I put it down in the vise, and I took a rubber mallet, and I carefully tapped it straight, and um, I had a few zip ties in my backpack, and I put the chain together with zip ties, <laughs> which I do not re- I do not recommend, and um, I took that spring, which had got bent, the, the um, drive and the pedal engagement spring. Yeah. on that little pulley mm-hmm. and um, I asked the manager whoever the worker if I could borrow the pliers I took the pliers from the tool department and there's like no auto stores in the local area I would usually go to an auto store or a mechanic or something and beg them for tools if I forgot them because I've been in this situation before so I was, I was really proud that I did all this at a Walmart but I, I fixed it and uh, I limped it home I went really slow I didn't want to break the zip ties and uh, yeah, that's how I got home a few weeks ago that's funny like I need like a whole episode just on like people calling in their uh their like back you know back of the road 
fixes and stuff because that's always the that's always like the most interesting the interesting p- pieces you know like oh you broke that throttle cable you made it all the way home by pulling your throttle cable with your teeth like i, was, I saw charlie buzzard do that once i was like middle of a rally he rode half a rally pulling his throttle cable with his teeth and i was like oh my god this is insane <laughs> yeah yeah i've done that i did that with my foot i actually i had crocs on and you know crocs have a bunch of holes right so oh, you tied actually, it to your I, shoe I, yeah i tied it i laced it through it was the stupidest looking thing ever um but yeah i did that yeah like super sketchy <laughs> yeah 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 that's hilarious um yeah, oh, I've made a bunch of good connections with, like, all the mechanics shops in the area um, because I constantly break down and I'll pedal if I can um, to the local mechanic and, and ask for tools. And they've all got to know me, and it's, it's a really good thing. Uh, yeah, AutoZone, like, even. kid breaking down again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, on a, I'd like to go to garage sales, uh, especially on my mopeds, and uh, go find junk to buy that I don't need. And uh, Saturday mornings, I'll race around town on my Maxi. And that's, that's a really good thing about mopeds is uh, an advantage of growing to garage sales is, you know, people want to take the time to park a car in the neighborhood and I uh, can just, you know, pull around them pull right to the garage sale, make everybody mad. Mopeds always prime Perfect. parking. Yeah. And get, get the best so, uh, parking on a moped. Yeah. But I was breaking down Saturday mornings. If I'm going to break down, I'm going to break down on Saturday morning. <laughs> the worst possible time. Furthest away from home, the middle of nowhere. No, no mechanic shops or uh, no money, no spark plug tool, no spark plug. It's like I always, I'm missing the thing I need. Yeah. If I need money to buy gas, if I need spark plug, I always, I'm always missing that one thing in my backpack. So I think your mope needs saddlebags. Yeah. So you can carry more stuff. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that, that's one thing I love about my Magnum. Uh, I got a Magnum LTD and it's my absolute favorite moped. Um, I love having the stuff in the trunk. I just set it and forget it. Um, a little bit of two stroke, a couple bucks, goes a long way for gas. Um, spark plug tool, spark plug, having all that stuff in there, not even touching it, but always knowing that you have it when you need it is a, is a pretty good feeling too. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you're you're in it, man, dude. You're going through all the same struggles the rest of us. Like you're living you're living the life. <laughs> you just gotta, yep, yep. you know, have your have your rally and like you know try to grow your scene and like you know, someone's gotta like try to connect all the people in Florida together, and you know, Moz will be you, right? Yeah, I hope so. Or somebody's gotta do it. That that was my my whole thought process uh, about a year or two ago. I was contacting all the guys in the scene and. I was trying to get them together and they're cool guys, really cool guys, nothing against them, but I don't know people move on and, um, I guess somebody else has to do it. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. Hell yeah. Well, what's the, uh, information for the rally again? I know you can find it on Moped Army on the, you look on the first page, it's on the calendar. So if you guys are checking mopedarmy.com, it's on the calendar. Uh, I know you got the Instagram set up for it. Yeah, so Space Coast Brat Fest 2023, uh, February 10th through 12th, uh, Melbourne, Florida. Uh, it's going to be held at the infamous Wickham Park. Uh, amazing facility. Uh, weekend long of uh, Riverside and uh, Oceanside cruises. Uh, stay for stock and uh, all you rippers. We're going to have a lot of, lot of good rides. 
Um, so, one thing I'm really excited about for everybody coming is uh, we have uh, $1,200 in prizes and uh, looks like much more on the way, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. Can't make any promises, but we do have $1,200 in hand from Treatland, Dose Cycles, Denny Cycles, Smoke Division, and uh, big thanks to all our sponsors. They're really cool guys. And the moped seat dude, who's really neat, donating us some seats. Um, like I said, registration is going to be live very soon. Uh, if anybody wants to keep their eyes on this, moped army in the event section. We have um, we have a thread going on right now. I started a couple weeks ago. Uh, if you want to check back, um, you can always contact me. Um, Tommy Keys three two one six zero four eight zero four six. If you have any questions. I think my email's left on Mopin Army if everybody wants to uh, drop me a line there. Like, damn, did and, you just uh, drop the digits? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. Cool. And uh, what's your personal Instagram so everyone can uh, get that? It's uh, Tommy Keys 131 Keys is spelled K-E-Y-E-S. Cool. And I'll tag it and stuff on the, on the post. Sick. All right, cool. Hell yeah. Well, Tommy, dude, it was good talking to you, bro. Thanks for, you know, coming on and hanging out. Sorry you couldn't get it together yesterday and, like, we had to pull it late tonight, but we still got it done. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, kind of moped-related. My phone got messed up, and uh, I'm working through that right now. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It was uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, it was fun talking moped. Yeah, dude. Well, shout out, boys. Hopefully, you guys can make it down to Florida in February. Warm up again. I know we got plenty of time. There's a lot of stuff going on before that. And, you know, maybe you can make it out to that ride in September. Hopefully, you know, the buzzards show you a good time if you can get to that one. Yep. Fingers crossed. I always know it's a good time. Hell yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you later, bro. Thanks for talking, Tommy. Talk to you later, Jason. Later, bro. Cool. Thanks, boys. It's another one. We got it down. Uh, I'm exhausted. I was like, we we gotta wrap. We gotta wrap it up. It's uh, my mind is losing it. Like I'm like beat late night. Hopefully, I'll get this thing posted before it hits midnight, so I can still say that we got it out on Monday. <laughs> but if you're at work today on a Tuesday or something, listen to this episode. Thanks for checking it out. Thanks for listening. Um, fuck your car. Ride a moped. Legion rally coming up did you guys see that video for their for the rally promo funny as always <laughs> like you know it's always about the having a good promo video for your rally like if you guys have been slacking you know mopeds are all about uh the promo video and the christmas card so you know if you guys aren't doing those two things dude your club needs to get that shit together all right we'll see you later bye so um what are your favorite moped sounds <laughs> Your car. <laughs> I don't know, like touch a flower, is it moving? Like, no, nah, it feels pretty locked up. Sounds like a fuck, dude. Oh boy! Wah, wah, wah. You fucking